Welcome to part two of this week's podcast. I think this might be John Johnson's favorite section of the Doctrine and Covenants, though. Oh, I would think so. <laughs> uh, that have that promise given to you in verses six and seven there. Compliment from the Lord, you know? Yeah, that he can have eternal life. It's almost like he's being given a patriarchal blessing where he says he's a descendant from Joseph. I'm like, wow, you know, he's he's getting these amazing promises. And it's interesting, the very day that that section was received, June 4th, 1833, Father Johnson becomes a high priest. So it's like, you know, the very day and he's becomes a high priest, he's given these amazing promises, uh, but he's also told uh, the promises are his, and as much as you keep my commandments. And then you go, oh, no, I wanted yeah. them without them. <laughs> I like the promises. I got the kicker at the end. <laughs> huh. So uh, I, have a, I have a question, just knowing that uh, the two of you have been there probably many times, the John Johnson farm in Hiram. Hiram, does that go out of his hands at this point? And then the church like purchased it later on or Willard Bean did at some point? Is that how that? Right. It's, it's a later purchase you know, uh, that eventually falls into the hands of the church. But Father Johnson has sold out. He doesn't like living across the street from Simon's Rider, right? You know, and you got the neighbor involved in tarring and feathering. He's ready to get out. So he moves about 30 miles. And his house in Kirtland is actually pretty close to the Kirtland Temple. So you'd say, well, he got one of the choice hmm. lands of inheritance <laughs> for himself, right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but you'd say for Father Johnson, after becoming a high priest, he's placed as a member of the Kirtland High Council. So in the stake, you've got basically one bishop, a Kirtland High Council. And, uh, you'd say for him, uh, he has financial problems. And I, you know, I, it's hard to say, but it seems like, although we've talked about buildings, we're talking about finances. And uh, each one of these sections, there's a finance element. And for him, uh, Father Johnson leaves the church in 1837, and he dies in 1843 and is buried outside of the Kirtland Temple in that small cemetery there. So, Hank, next time you're there, which sounds soon, <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll go out and see his grave. So uh, I think one of the sad chapters in the question is, you know, remember the, you know, you get all these promises and it's always the if, you know, in as much as you keep my commandments. Uh, one of his sons is going to end up coming mm. to Utah. Uh, is that Luke? Yeah, Luke, <laughs> yep. Luke comes to Utah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you hope that the family's still with us, right? That's the hope that. Okay. That... I'm counting. I, I think, yeah. Father Johnson, we're forever grateful to him. Yeah, no I empty love it. cheers. I love it. Uh, and um, the John Johnson farm is a memorial to him and his wife and what happened there. Mm. I mean, if you, not everyone's going to get the chance to go out there, but if you do get that chance, it is a, uh, it's a memorial. It really is to all the saints of that day, but especially John and Elsa Johnson. I think we need one for Miss Jacques. Right? We need a Vienna Jacques. <laughs> yeah, Vienna Jacques. Yeah. Also, just that John Johnson farm. I mean, sec the se section 76 in the, the upstairs room there. It's so glad we have that, that you can walk in there and 
and imagine that uh, incredible section 76 was such a, a what would, what would uh, Covey call it? A paradigm shifting, amazing revelation about a game changer. salvation yeah. and the afterlife and that we still have that, uh, that same sacred space is wonderful. Um, Susan, what do I do with these wonderful, wonderful men and women who, who don't end up staying f- f- through the whole thing, right? We love to tell those stories of the Joseph Knight, the Parley P. Pratt, the Brigham Young, and their, you know, their spouses who make it all the way, all the way. They go the distance. But then you have people like the Whitmers uh, and uh, John Johnson, and uh, we can't discount them and their sacrifice, but we also need to say endure to the end, right? Right. I think, um, you know, I think all of us eventually can look in our families, extended families, and see those that have made sacred covenants and have actually made some wonderful contributions to the church. You know, these missionaries that have sacrificed their time to knock on doors and bring people into the church. And then you look, where are they? And, uh, you know, I, I think we leave the judgment in the hands of the Lord. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm worthy to be able to shake the hand of Father John Johnson, you know, for his greatness of, uh, I mean, his money was used to purchase that Peter French farm, at least part of it, and where the temple stands. I mean, for that alone, uh, he, he did something great. And I guess none of us, none of us know what's going to happen in our lives. And, you know, I think we've all gotten hits along the way. You can't try to make a difference without somebody needling you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and uh, sometimes it gets too much. And, uh, but uh, hang in there. You don't, you don't want to lose the, the spirit of the Lord. You want the spirit with you always. And uh, let the Lord judge. I love Not that. Us. I love that. I, 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 it's, it's sad to me that sometimes the people like the Whitmers or John Johnson or even Martin Harris get a, a bad name because they had a, a time where uh, they fell away. Uh, when saying this, listen, this is not an easy time to be a member of the church, especially 1837, like you mentioned, uh, in 1838. Yeah, very difficult times. And speaking of difficult times, that takes us to section 97, right? <laughs> Can you believe we've made it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> section 97 uh, comes upon some really difficult times that are happening not in Kirtland, but in Back in Jackson County, we kind of alluded to this earlier. Uh, the set- heading says severe persecution. Can you tell us what's been happening there? Yeah, so we know 1831, the saints are gathering now to the center place, like you talked about, Hank, the center place there in Jackson County. And by the time we pick him up in the summer now of 1833, you're looking about uh, 1,200 Latter-day Saints have moved out to Jackson they face lots of problems with their um, with their neighbors who are well independent settled by people from Kentucky. They're slave owners, even Alexander Donovan, slave owner, right? And so um, you'd say there's been conflict back and forth, but now for the extreme. On July twentieth of eighteen thirty three, notice the revelation is August second, eighteen thirty three. But on July 20th, 1833, in Independence, flames of hatred have been ignited. And you get four or 500 men 
devised a, a plan, just literally a plan. You know, can you say a conspiracy? I don't know. But they've got a plan. You know, Joseph said, I got a plan for the temple. Well, here's these four or 500, way too many for a committee, right? But four or 500, <laughs> they, they plan that they're going to rid Jackson County of all Latter-day Saints. And uh, they say, and I quote, no Mormon shall in the future move to or settle in this county. Now, I've met a lot of Latter-day Saints in Jackson County, and they're wonderful. But they say, no Mormon <laughs> shall in the future move or settle in this county, that those now here who shall give a definite pledge of their intention within a reasonable time to remove out of the county shall allow to be remain unmolested. In other words, we're going to get the rest of you guys. <laughs> So violence breaks out. Uh, remember that evening and morning star? W.W. W. Phelps, his presses destroyed. Um, the Gilbert and Whitney store, uh, the things in the store are now thrown out. Houses are pillaged. Church leaders, uh, Charles Allen, Edward Partridge, they're tarred and feathered in the town square. I, I don't know if they remember tar and feathering, but it's not road tar, it's pine tar. And, uh, you know, and a lot of people in America are tarred, you know, Southern abolitionists, wife beaters, you know, and, and on July 20th, 1833, Edward Partridge, a bishop and a faithful member of the church, Charles Allen. A lot of people are tarred, but when you feathered, it means you mock the man for what he stands for. You know, he's like a chicken. You you mock mock what he what he stands for, and then three days following this incredible abuse, uh, these uh, three days following, here comes some five hundred men again, and they're armed with rifles, pistols, uh, whips, clubs, and they're shouting, "We will rid Jackson County of the Mormons peacefully if we can, but forcefully if we must." And so at this point, you get leaders like Edward Partridge uh, signing, saying, hey, we'll, we'll be the ransom for the church. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll step up and we'll agree to leave Jackson County. And so they sign this and the saints are very, very frightened. And Joseph receives a revelation. And basically it was those that signed leaders and said they would leave that basically they need to leave. But in this revelation, Joseph is saying to the saints, don't sell your, don't sell your lands. Zion is still Zion. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> you can do this. And I, I, I can't tell you how important it is for people to realize that Edward Partridge can't contact Joseph Smith. He can't text him and say, what do I do? Right. If you want to get a, yeah, a no a, Pony if, Express, no telegraphs. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. going to be two months before he can get any direction right. at all. So uh, I think he signs to leave to end the violence, right? To say, okay, we'll sign your we'll sign your contract because we're scared, and it's just going to lead to further uh, people getting hurt. But this revelation, when it was received on August second, and that tarring and feathering was July twentieth, did Joseph Smith have any idea what had happened when uh, he received this revelation? Not that we know of. In yeah. other words. Uh, all that's going on. And in Joseph's case, when you look 1833, July, uh, people are building the temple. <laughs> He's a part of the building, right? And uh, But he receives this revelation and 
Zion's not going to be removed. Zion's a pure in heart and be pure in heart and go ahead and build your houses. In other words, let's make this happen. Right. There's no way Joseph knows what's happening. Um, The news travels too slow back then. News travels too slow. And the Lord doesn't want them to sell their lands of inheritance in Zion. In other words, uh, still build it. Be pure in heart. Right. The Lord knowing they're going to be driven out, uh, don't sell because then you don't have the cause of that's ours. Right. Um, And and we deserve it. Um, And so there's a lot to come where we're going to try to get them, get our land back. Right. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but four and five hundred people will get together to drive a certain people out of their county. That doesn't seem legal. Uh, Even in 1833, Missouri, uh, it doesn't seem like a legal thing. So Joseph Smith is going to spend a lot of his time after this trying to trying to follow through on the legal legality of this. Right. Right. Correct. And as you eventually see the saints eventually being forced out by November of 33, Uh, They're going to start that whole court action. And then you get for the first time, the saints are going to hire Alexander Donovan. Yeah. As their lawyer. What's it like to to for those saints who have to leave the county by winter? You spend your whole spring (laughs) and summer preparing for winter. And now you got to go. I I think is it is it who is it that writes to Joseph saying we we are destitute here right. on the other side of the right. river W.W. W. Phelps and uh, you realize who could be more poetic and uh, say it how it is <laughs> than Phelps the man who writes praise to the man yeah. spirit of God yeah yeah um so I can't imagine. And they've just got to get on the other side of the river. That's it, right? On the other side. Is it a creek or is it the Missouri River? That it's is the Missouri County? River. They've so got to get on got, the other side of the Missouri right, River. Right. You've got Independence in Jackson County and the other side of the river, Clay County. And they're moving on to a town called Liberty. Okay. Yeah. And Clay County is, um, I've heard it described as a, uh, kind of like Utah County and Salt Lake County. There's political differences, right? Almost at the county line, right? Is Clay County safer for them? Uh, To some extent, at least at first, first couple of years. But they are literally the cousins of the Kentuckians that settled in Jackson County. So they, you know, they, they don't have the history, the heritage. They don't have the independence, which is a trailhead. You know, as they're heading down the Santa Fe Trail, they don't have the so many transients and perhaps unwanted in the community as as Clay County. Oh, okay. So you've got these uh, Mormons, as they would call them, crossing the river into your county. Twelve hundred of them. Um, that would be a that would be quite a sight. That would be. <laughs> I mean, that's that's probably half the half the population of Independence is now crossing the river in the yeah, dead of winter. Just about. Just right. Setting up tents, I would imagine, I guess, on the other side. Well, I don't know if they even had tents, at least throwing uh, some kind of blanket on a tree or quilt. Oh, um, and so this is the August before that happens. Should we jump into the verses then and take a look at what the Lord has to say before Joseph even knows about uh, about what's happened? Fascinating that the Lord's talking about this and Joseph's probably thinking in his head, I has something happened? <laughs> uh, you can see that the Lord is saying, this is about Zion. This revelation is not about Kirtland. It's about Zion because he says right in the first verse, I will show you my will concerning your brethren in the land of Zion. 
many of whom are tr are truly humble and are seeking diligently to learn wisdom and to find truth. So uh, it's almost as if the Lord is saying to Joseph, yeah, something's going on there uh, that you're not aware of. I, I love that he says, I say unto you, my friends, um, the part that you just read, many of whom are truly humble, <laughs> tells us that many are and many and some are not. Yeah. And uh, but I'm going to show mercy to the meek in verse two. And then he speaks about Parley P. Pratt in verse in right. verse three. That um, many things were good going on in independence. And you've got to remember a trailhead, pretty exciting place to live. And uh, you'd say they've got, uh, well, they've got homes, they've got stores, they've got their printing press. And for Parley P. Pratt, he started a school like the School of the Prophets. And I think in those verses, the, the Lord is very pleased that Parley, Parley would, would follow through on that. And eventually you're going to get our first school uh, for children is actually coming in independence. In other words, there's a real push for education there. Hmm. I think one of our, I, I can't remember who it was, John, but one of our earlier guests called Parley Pratt, the, the Paul of the Latter-day Saints, right? Uh, when we, we talked about people who move and get things done, I would say Parley yeah. P. Pratt's in that category. I, I think he might've been taller than Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but he's, yeah. he's, he gets things done. Parley. So things have been going well, you would say, despite the, the difficulty with your neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Cultural, social differences. And I mean, can you imagine a people moving into your neighborhood saying the Lord has given me this land? This is Zion. I mean, even even though yeah. all of us live among Latter-day Saints, we'd probably look at the neighbor askance. Right. When you got, and they wanted to miter up the corners of your land. In other words, we're going to have certain parcels, whereas um, they were squatter's rights. <laughs> you know, it's uh, independence was the farthest town in the whole U.S. at that time. Or and Jackson West, County, right? Yeah. right. And Jackson County uh, named for Andrew Jackson, you know, our people's president, where uh, you you could stop saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're all trying to be aristocratic. I mean, he was he was a commoner that rose up. And so with that, you've got uh, diff different thoughts going on as they come into that area. Yeah. So the, it, it makes sense they're having this contention, but they're still, you know, it's been two years that they've been there. And so they've started a school. You've said they've they've got their printing press, which is pretty incredible to have a, a real printing press way out in the the far west. Now the Lord starts to say in verse seven, the ax is laid at the root of the tree and talking about good fruit. I think what you mentioned earlier, Susan, about the saints, some of them saying, hey, this is our land. The Lord's going to give it to us. Uh, I think the Lord advised against that, didn't he? Early on when they were going there, <laughs> right? <laughs> he said, let's not do this with, let's not, I, 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 I can't remember the exact verbiage. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like at the very same time, Kirtland is always the gathering place, but those that are called and elect to go up to Zion, meaning up to independence, are on the way. So if you're, you're called to go to Zion and you elect to go, perhaps there's a, you know, arrogance in the experience once you have arrived. That's interesting, uh, because I, I wonder, why would these Latter-day Saints, you know, you would think 
telling someone that God's going to give you their property is is not a it's exactly not in how to win friends and influence people, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. um, but there's probably maybe some excitement there, and like you said, maybe some arrogance that I've been called to to go to Zion. Some went that before they were called, right? Some just showed up. Right. They just showed up. We're in Puerto Rico. It just shows up. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think you, Edward Partridge is going, I can't handle, I can't handle too many at once. So I, I can see that. I mean, where do we place? I, I've always struggled with this. Where's the, where do we place the, I wouldn't say the blame for what happens in Jackson County in 1833, but you'd say part of it falls on the saints, but obviously part of it falls on these Missourians for, I mean, the, I, this violence is unwarranted. Right. In other words, um, Latter-day Saints, those coming to Ohio have a northern heritage. And those living in Missouri have a southern heritage, southern culture. And it's like mixing water and oil. <laughs> you can try it. You know, you shake, shake, shake. But eventually it still separates. <laughs> Some historians say almost in history, no two people were not fit to live in the same neighborhood than those in the, the Missourians of 1831, 32, and 33, and the Latter-day Saints. Just, uh, it just kind of lined up as a perfect storm. Let's continue on um, in the section here and talk about uh, the Lord saying, and willing to observe their covenants by sacrifice. Um, I, I, that's an interesting phrase, observing your covenants by sacrifice. Uh, he's, he's still talking about those in Zion, right? Right. Uh, but sometimes, uh, you know, you can make your covenants, but then you all, always seem to get some kind of Abrahamic test. <laughs> you know, <laughs> is this one that will blow you out of the water? And uh, the question is, you know, who's on the Lord's side who? Remember, we used to sing the, the song, you know, now is the time to show. And, uh, one of the ways to show us by your willingness to sacrifice. Yeah. And to endure the Abrahamic test, right? To endure it. And for some in independence, uh, they succeeded. They, they endured. They crossed the rivers uh, for, you know, the Missouri for others. Obviously, uh, they won't cross and eventually deny mm. the faith. Um, you know, what's interesting to me personally is way back, if you go way back to August of 31, section 58, I think the Lord was checking their expectations. I, I, from what I've read, there's an expectation. We're going to move to Jackson County. We'll probably plant a couple of trees and Jesus will come, right? That's how great it's going to be. And in section 58, the very first section received in Jackson County or the second, the Lord says, after much tribulation come the blessings, Right. Uh, he says, you cannot behold with your natural eyes for the present time, the design of your God concerning the thing, the glory which comes following much tribulation. So you get the feeling in section 58. And Susan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that the Lord saw this coming, that we're not going to be here that right. long. You know, if we were to kind of wrap up, you know, wrap what we've done, uh, it may all come down to the fact that in independence, I mean, Joseph's there before anybody's called to be there, right? And designates where the temple's to be. And it's the same kind of thing. Let's go. And they have two years and they don't move it. And, uh, you know, if you wanted to wrap what we did from 94 on about building and building committees, are, we, are you really going to build this? 
And I've always wondered what would have happened if the saints who were interested in getting their, you know, the mills and the stores and they put in bridges and what what if they had actually stopped and said, you know, I don't mind living in the log cabin even for next year, but I do care that I haven't built that temple. Mm. They're an independence. That's a fascinating perspective. I mean, would we have a different history? I, I think so. Yeah, there's a lot of um, conditional things in Section 97. A lot of if-thens. A lot is in as much. If you'll do this, then this. If you'll do this, then this. And I and I guess some of them, they I don't point fingers because I'd probably be one of them, but some of them they failed to do or they failed to do it speedily or something with the right intent maybe and and that's that's verse 8 they have to observe their covenants by sacrifice that's that's what you're talking about susan i can observe my covenants and build my own little kingdom right the kingdom of smith my own little acre with milk and honey uh but <laughs> we don't like yeah, yeah but this okay. is um this is observe <laughs> okay. your covenants by sacrifice sacrifice brings forth the blessings of heaven type of thing is and that's W.W. Phelps, that's right? W. Phelps. So I've always told my students, you know, if you get called back to independence, I don't care where you live, but you just make sure you're building on right. that temple. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about your own house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it will all fall together. But the, when the Lord speaks, you know, the time to act yeah. is now. Observe their covenants by sacrifice. That, that's one of those verses that makes me a little bit nervous. Because if you'd ask me if I'm observing my covenants, I'd tell you yes. If I'm, are you observing your covenants with sacrifice? I, I I remember the Lewis thought he said something to the effect of, you know, your your tithing, your offerings, your your what you give ought to hurt a little bit. If it doesn't hurt, it's not enough. It's not a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I know you both are, uh, but I don't know if I'm observing my covenants by sacrifice. Um, cause I, I probably get to that point where it would hurt a little bit and go, yeah, I, I kept my covenants. Right. Uh, but, but like you said, Susan, once it starts to, uh, and I hate to say this, but once it starts to hit the wallet, that's when it starts to hurt. And maybe you could say as teachers of religion, you know, that how many firesides can you give, <laughs> you know, until you go, wow, I, I got to be with my family now, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever it might be. I mean, I think we all, you know, in, in what we've chosen to do in life, we have lots of opportunities to sacrifice and in that sacrifice, bless the lives of others. But then the question comes, what about those in our own home as yeah. we do that? There's a lot of power in that verse. Observing your covenants by sacrifice. I just feel an overall tone of, in all of these is, is just look how anxious um, the Lord is to give them temple blessings. He's anxious. Isn't that the outcome of all of this? Yes. Would you guys please build the temple so I can bless you and endow you with power? And I keep telling you this and... And boy, what you said earlier, Susan, I was like, yeah, that's true. It's, is that Kirtland is dedicated in 1836. It's still so far down the road and the Lord is so anxious to get going on these things so we can bless them. And I suppose now that the temples are opening back up, anxious to, we should all be anxious to get back there so the Lord can, can bless us. That's the hard part of reading this is you know that the Lord is saying to them, yes, 
yeah, they're good people, many of whom are humble and seeking diligently, and but not all. Yeah, they're amazing people. And yet here we are yeah. saying, well, they were dragging their feet. They should have built the temple. And they're saying, yeah, we didn't have Wi-Fi like you, did we? Uh, right? Yeah. Air conditioning. <laughs> here's um, yeah. here's uh, Elder Holland in uh, General Conference, April of 2014. He says, it is a characteristic of our age that if people want any gods at all, they want them to be gods who do not demand much. Comfortable gods, smooth gods, who not only don't rock the boat, but don't even row it. Gods who pat us on the head, make us giggle, then tell us to run along and pick marigolds. Talk about man creating God in his own image. Um, this is a God who demands much. The God of section 97 and the other ones we've read is one who demands a lot. But like you said, John, it's he, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I'm anxious to bless you with the temple blessings. Yeah. So sacrifice mm. in sacrifice brings forth the blessings of heaven. One of you just already quoted that, didn't you? Uh, anything else about this, the sacrifices they were supposed to be making down there, uh, Susan? And many of them were, you would say the Edward Partridges, the the Phelps, the, the Gilberts, they were. I think they were. I think people are taking uh, family members that are passing through, coming to stay into their homes. I mean, uh, accounts of helping neighbors. I mean, they are, they're doing that. It's just, um, you know, it's the big sacrifice. It's, it's the, the temple, temple that right? he wanted them to, he wanted them to get started. <laughs> yeah. And that temple, I mean, after the dedication of August of 31, I don't think it, does anything happen after that? I don't think it does, right? No, not, not that we know of. In other words, you don't see, like you'd say on the Kirtland Temple, Joseph clearing off the foliage, taking down the fence, Hiram, uh, Reynolds Cahoon, digging trench, you don't you don't see any of that. And yet, just like the Kirtland Temple, you know, the city stake you've got in this case, Bishop Edward Partridge is assigning out these parcels, lands of inheritance, with the temple being the center point. But can you imagine you have this, quote, Zion community, but then you have... have Nothing in the middle. <laughs> you know, you're like, wait a minute, where is the beacon? Where is the the place where, you know, for revelation, where where is the endowment? It's just it's just a space. I mean, it reminds me of the Nauvoo Temple before it was rebuilt. You know, people would come to Nauvoo and they look at the little houses and they'd see this depression in the ground and curiosity, but nothing's there. And then, you know, the joy when it's announced. So you, you need you need the temple, you need the palace to the Lord, you need the house of the Lord to get the blessings that he he has for all of us. Mm, that, that's wonderful, because that, that seems to be the next, I would say, eight or nine verses. He talks about what they could have if they would get started, right? Uh, verse 12, he says, this is the tithing and the sacrifice which I, the Lord, require at their hands, that there may be a house built unto me for the salvation of Zion, a place of thanksgiving for all saints, a place of instruction, uh, a place where they can be perfected in their understanding of their ministry, in theory, in principle, in doctrine. I mean, this, this, is, a, this is a grand verse to talk about what we can get from temple worship. Um, he says, my presence will be there. Uh, all the pure in heart. Yeah, verse verse sixteen. Wow, you know, you go to the temple. Yeah, <laughs> you go going, to the Hank. temple with a pure heart. All that 
uh, he says, yea, and my presence shall be there, for I will come into it, and all the pure in heart that shall come into it shall see God. Is that not worth the the, the sacrifice? Yeah, there, there's that anxiousness to bless the people if they'll do what he's, what he's asking. Um, and yet we know the future of Jackson County. We know we're going to be driven out. We're not going to get our lands back. And eventually uh, we're going to head west to Salt Lake. So what do we say about Zion now? I mean, maybe it's not the time to talk about it, Susan, because we will we'll get to talk about this later with, you know, with uh, the Saints crossing to the to the west and, and leaving everything behind. But um, uh, does is Zion, are we looking forward to that day? Do you still think? <laughs> well, Zion won't be removed. You know, we still live within stakes of Zion, but uh, Jackson County is still the place. Still right? the place. And if you talk to the saints there, they always tell you, you know, this is Zion. Uh, they're... <laughs> they they do. And their fast and testimony meetings, they're talking Zion. You know, um, I don't know if I've ever heard that in my own ward out here in Utah. You know, but they, they definitely talk Zion. <laughs> yeah. We, we would rather go to verse 21 where Zion is a state of, of mind and a state of spirit. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah, John mentioned a lot of ifs. I noticed the if in verse 17, if in verse 18, the if in verse 25. Yeah, a lot of ifs. Verse 26, if. If in verse 26, if she observed. In 27, yeah. if she sinned no more, right? Uh, 27, there yeah. Are blessings waiting if uh, you will do these things. Oftentimes, I want the blessings before the if, right? Yes. Yeah. They're, they're conditional, conditional blessings. He does seem to step back from the idea of Zion just being a place in verse 21, Susan. He says, therefore, verily, thus saith the Lord that let Zion rejoice for this is Zion, the pure in heart. Um, So maybe he's prepping them. I don't know. This would be me in my mind. He's prepping them for the loss of Zion saying, well, yes, we're going to lose the land of Zion for a while, but you can still have Zion. You can take it with you. I was a temple worker in the Provo Temple for a decade plus, and I was always put in the locker room. You, you know, when you're noisy, <laughs> That's where, they where, would you, where would you put her? And uh, I, I was a temple worker at night, so I didn't see a lot of older people coming in. And there was a woman who had a wheelchair, and now she's talking to me, and she wants to know, uh, where is there a locker big enough for her to be able to dress? And I said, hey, I just don't know. And let me get a supervisor anyway. So while this, somebody's running to get a supervisor, I'm talking to her. And, and she goes, well, how, how come you don't know? Are you new here? And I go, no, no, I'm not new. I go, you know, I'm a fixture. here. I've been here a long, long time. And I go, I'm just one of the flunkies here. And she looked at my badge and she goes, Sister Black, nobody's a flunky that gets in here. So I, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that, you know, you, you build those temples and you get to go inside. Then, you know, are you pure in heart? Are you Zion? I don't know. I guess we're all trying to be. But um, and uh, we, we can keep that that sense of wanting to serve the Lord and sacrifice with us. And uh it's uh, anyway, I love the temple and so glad, like John said, we're we're about to be back inside more permanent. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sometimes I wish they just had 
cubicles if you could bring your books and just just to be in there as a place to read and to study it would yeah. it would be nice really be smart <laughs> make yeah. it make it more like a library a, a, a library wing in there just let me come in here and we could call it the flunky yeah. wing no just kidding you could come in here and uh, write a book right uh like james talmage mm. so how do we uh susan how do we deal with um the loss of Zion, both how did they deal with it? Uh, and because they're, they're, they're going to leave now. And how do we, how do we deal with that as well? How do you deal with that as a historian? Uh, all these, all these <laughs> expectations, all this hope, all these dreams are wrapped up in this county and they have to go, they have to leave. How do you deal with that? All right. Well, I think, uh, they left, but how do you describe they never left? Uh, it took them a while to really establish homes and even businesses in in Liberty in Clay County because they were still hoping because the Lord said a little season and then you'll get Zion's camp, you know, with the big hope they're coming to put us back back on the property and and you'll cover that. And you'd say, uh, for me personally, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm grateful to live in a stake, <laughs> you know, a stake of Zion here in Provo, actually, and and uh, what what a blessing it is. And I've always thought, um, you know, you get these stakes of Zion, and when I'm driving into Provo, I can look, and there's the magnificent Provo Temple, and I always think, oh, it's my safety net. <laughs> you know, it's what holds the stakes in the ground. You know, it's it's the rock. It's where I have the surety, the security and where I can be endowed uh, by my heavenly father to receive gifts and talents. So maybe someday I'll be called again on a committee and (laughs) and I won't be prepared like those uh, men who were not builders. But, you know, the Lord can make us equal to the tasks that come our way, you know, if we are faithful and uh, develop new talents that will bless not just our lives and our families, but we can roam around and, and what you're doing, bless the whole earth. Yeah. I think that the, the blessings of verse 28 can still be with us, even without Jackson County. If you read verse 28, I will bless her with blessings, a multiply and multiply a multiplicity of blessings upon her and upon her generations forever and ever. Um, that's still found in the temple, even though perhaps this expectation of this temple is going to be put off for a little while. Um, um, and how I just I would ask you, Susan, um, you've seen your your having known you personally, you've seen your fair share of of trials and difficulties and the loss of expectations. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do you think I was raising my hand in the preexistence saying, choose me, I can handle this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd probably look back and say, you naive little spirit. You put your hand. <laughs> in, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Don't choose um, that one. Yeah. Don't choose that one. How do you um, how do you I, I just will ask you a personal question. How have you dealt with uh, the the loss of what maybe you'd hoped would happen? All right. right? I think, you know. I think for everybody, you know, growing up in California, I was definitely going to be a model forever, right? Yeah. And I uh, <laughs> didn't want to be a movie star, but a model was going to be good enough, supermodel, yeah. and, you know, grew to 5'2". Well, there goes that goal. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, more serious goals along the way of what you dream about, and it doesn't happen. And uh, 
Oh, there's something about trust the journey. <laughs> trust in the Lord. He knows who you are. And, uh, um, you know, it may not be perfect, but it might just be good enough for now. And, um, you know, ne never lose sight of you're a child of God. <laughs> you know, you can, you can do this and you can do hard things and um, you can carry more. And if you lose sight of either, uh, well, I kind of have a saying that um, if, if you don't have trials and problems, uh, the Lord scratched you off his list. He, he doesn't need you anymore. <laughs> you know? But if you have enough trials and problems going forward and you still serve and you still sacrifice and you're still kind and loving, you know, um, the windows of heaven will open up, not in a way perhaps you'd ever imagined, but in many ways more, more wonderful because there's the surprise. And uh, anyway, it can be wonderful, but you have to keep holding on to the rod. You can't, you can't drop. You can't just touch it. You know, the rod of iron, you know, word of God, you got, you know, just, just keep holding on. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, as I, as I think about these poor folks crossing the Missouri river saying, I thought, you know, I, I thought this would happen. I think of those same, John, we talked about the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. I thought, I thought I had an expectation, right? I, and then we had hoped yeah, that he would. Yeah. Uh, I thought that we were going to build Zion and Jesus was going to come and it was going to be great. And now I'm crossing the Missouri river and I don't have a place to live. And why has the Lord let this happen? Right. Um, okay. The, is it because he loves you? Yeah. I mean, think how many people you can help because of what you two have been through. I mean, it's, it's that simple. You know, if you live in a <laughs> sequestered and don't reach out, man, no chance. <laughs> right. And it seems the most, yeah. it seems those who run to, those who sucker, those who run to others are those who have been there themselves. And they have something to say and they have some credibility. I, um, I love to tell the teens and my own kids that maybe the Lord loves you too much to let your life be easy. Because <laughs> if you have, if you have shallow experiences, you might just end up, well, shallow. But if you have deep, even hard experiences, you are in such a position to help others. Like you said, Hank, you'll be able to run to others and do some same boat therapy. I have been there. I have been in that spot before. And and to lift others because you've been there and you'll have credibility because yeah. of it. I wonder if, you know, some of these saints who crossed the Missouri into, into, uh, into Clay County are there with the saints who are driven from far West five years later saying, Hey, I've done this before. Right. Oh, and <laughs> yeah. those, here we go. Those again. who are leaving, those who are leaving Nauvoo <laughs> to be driven a, across the Mississippi, the other direction, um, are saying, how oh, I've been here before. There's a lot of empathy uh, in, in these groups because uh, this isn't going to be the first time uh, for many of them when that, when that occurs. It, it's humbling. I just don't know if I could do it. And you read about what they've been through. We, what did Harold B. Lee say? We're going through the test of gold now and, and where we have enough to eat and enough to do and, and shelter and look at these people and just, I just want to, 
In looking at them and saying, how come they didn't build the temple? I don't ever want to sound like... Yeah, that's me too. Saying, Gosh, you guys, get with it. Can't you be like us? <laughs> yeah. Sitting from my air-conditioned house where I I watched the prophet on my TV saying, man, those, those Missouri yeah. saints, they should have... <laughs> They sure oh, should have man. done things differently. You know, that, that that's a hard spot. But here, it, it's the Lord's I haven't saying, walked right? on snow barefoot yet. Yeah. yeah. Now, let's make that clear to all of our listeners. It's the Lord saying this in <laughs> section 97, not not us three. We are not, we are not saying it. Um, Susan, you've been studying uh, church history uh, almost, uh, well, you don't look it, but it has Since been decades. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> How can you say that? <laughs> Not only have you studied Nauvoo, you've walked its streets, you've you've looked through, you know, you know this this history of these people. You've seen their like the Lord mentions here, you've seen when they are humble and they're learning wisdom and you've seen also when they are um you know, many who who didn't make it or who who made mistakes and stumbled, even the even the leadership, right? Joseph Smith and and uh and Sidney Rigdon and others like him both succeeded and failed. You've seen it all. Um, so I think our listeners would love to know how you how you feel about these. They're, uh, to me, when you talk about them, Susan, they seem like your friends. I've heard you talk about Martin Harris, and it's almost like you're his friend. You say, oh, come on, Martin. <laughs> oh, I'd like to be yeah, his friend. Come through. How do you <laughs> feel about all these, these, uh, these names that we've gone through in these first 97 sections? Okay, so I actually did a, a study on those that made it to the end of the row and those that, you know, in and out, in and out like a revolving door and those that fight against Joseph. So I found that there are blessings, definitely blessings for faithfulness. And you'd say, well, it is, is it? You'll never get sick. <laughs> you'll never be run over by a wagon. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, is it, you'll never have heartache in your family, you know, and, and I'm going, no, 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 no. But the consistent blessings were, um, they seem to have a pipeline to heaven, that, that spirit of revelation that President Nelson is talking about. We need to get personal revelation. You, you see that time and time again. There were three things. The second thing was they have confidence. And <laughs> you'd go, well, imagine the three men we've talked about. You're, you're going to be on a building committee. I'm going to be what? You know, and they, they have confidence. And then the third was they have responsibilities added to them. And uh, you'd go, well, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't need any more. But, but they continue to be like... Uh, added upon what the Lord is, you know, and you go, it's kind of like, I can carry more, just heap it on me, I am ready to go. And those three qualities seem to be the qualities I can find in those that were faithful in building the Kirtland Temple, the, you know, the press building in independence that, that fled and, and it's like they just started over. So you've got Spirit of the Lord, confidence, and just added responsibility comes their way. It seems to me sometimes when I've when I've heard you speak that you've walked with them almost. I, in your in your mind in your mind when you read about them, do you do you walk with them around Nauvoo and across the Mississippi? And <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if I'd be worthy to do that. Actually, I think they're just 
you know, uh, to me, they're lionized, you know, I, I just think they're magnificent, but I have, uh, I have written on every person that joined the church between 1830 and 1848. So, uh, they have been a big part of my waking hours, you know, uh, figuring, learning about their lives and, and their ability to sacrifice like we're talking about. And I'm, I'm just so impressed. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that that is a good word for so far in the Doctrine and Covenants, John. Don't you? Very impressed. Very yeah. impressed by these. <laughs> yeah, very impressed. And, and, and kind of humbled, going, uh, I don't want that to be my test. You know. <laughs> no. yeah. Yes. Uh, and there's yes. and there's more to come. Uh, I wish we could say, wow, yeah, dri- being driven out of Jackson County was the the worst of it all. But there's gonna there's there's more to come. Uh, more trials yeah. await them, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. yes. I, I guess we should both love and hate that. <laughs> um, uh, that oh, I, I hate the idea that more difficulty is on its way for them and for us. Uh, but I also, <laughs> but I also uh, rejoice in the fact that the Lord is still, like you said, those three things, Susan. Uh, that we can have confidence. We're full of the Spirit, and the Lord has more responsibility for us. I'm just so blessed to be here today because I am, after looking at this, I am so anxious myself to get back to the temple just because I can feel how anxious the Lord is to give them temple blessings. That's the impression I keep getting today. And it's gotten me fired up to get, get back there. If you would have asked me in February of 2020, how anxious are you to get to the temple I would have said, yeah, I get there as <laughs> yeah. often as I can, right? Um, and then here we are, what, at this recording, what are we, 18 months since that? And uh, you're right, with studying this Doctrine and Covenants, you're going, I, I think I was taking it for granted a little bit, and I don't want, I don't want that to happen again. We almost, Susan, have get, been able to put ourselves in the last 18 months in the, a little bit in the shoes of these saints, waiting for the temple to open, right? Waiting for it. Yeah. Waiting. waiting. We've had a taste of it and want to get back there. And they, the Lord's like, you, you have no idea what I have for you. (laughs) Just build it. All right. Well, um, we want to thank, uh, Dr. Susan Black for being with us today. It is always a pleasure. And we hope, uh, we hope we'll have you back again, Susan, before the year's over. Uh, we want to thank all of you for listening. John and I wouldn't have this wonderful podcast if nobody listened to it. Uh, so thank you all. And thank you for sharing it with your friends and family. We've had a lot of people say, oh, my mom told me about your podcast or my, my brothers texted me and said, you got to listen to this. And it, you know, that, that blesses us, uh, blesses us and blesses, we hope everyone who, who listens to it. We want to thank you for your support. Uh, we have our executive producers, Steve and Shannon Sorensen, who are much like the, uh, much like the John Johnsons and Vienna Jacques of, of 2021, right? Who, who are just so generous. Uh, we have a great production crew who, though they're not on the podcast, they are uh, working hard behind the scenes. Uh, David Perry, Jamie Nielsen, Lisa Spice, Kyle Nelson, Will Stoughton, and Maria Hilton. We want to say thank you to our team. And we hope you'll join us on our next episode of Follow Him. <music>